Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life is based on the quality of the questions you ask yourself. I'd add a bit, forgive me, Tony, but I'd add a bit. And that you've got the balls to answer honestly. Right? So if you ask good questions of yourself and then you answer honestly and then take action, then nobody can stop you. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, 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 welcome back. I'm Clive Maloney, and you're listening to episode 58 of the Get Real About Business podcast. Today we talk about a topic that I thought I'd had a lot of experience with until I met my guest, and then I realized how relatively underqualified I actually am. And I love that. I love it when you find other people out there further ahead than you and still find more things to learn and implement, even if you've been in the industry for a long time. The aim of today is to look at creating your first, or if not your first, then your most profitable information product. If this is a term you're not familiar with, information products are products that you sell or give away that convey knowledge or information. And they could be things like books, online courses. And they're great because they're low cost to produce, they have a high earning potential, they're quick to create, and they generate passive income. Now, not all information products are made equal, though. And what works for one business might not very well work for you at all. And that's why I want to break down the options for information product ideas, give you a few good places to start, and most importantly, take you through a methodology that you can implement in your business. Now, since we're talking about a process, what I'm going to be doing is pulling all the information together from today and making it available to you as a simple download. There'll be the process we cover in the interview today and a few extra tips of my own. And this will be my own little information product that you can get. The only difference is this is one that you can get for free. You don't have to pay for it. All you have to do is go to my show notes page and sign into my free community by giving your name and email address, and I'll send you the download. So to get that, just go to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 58, and that'll take you to my show notes page. Now, my guest today is regarded as one of the UK's leading strategists on business and personal growth. Starting in business in 1972, he built three successful companies, selling the last to a public company after only five years trading for £4.2 million, enabling him to retire at age 42. Since that time, he's concentrated on sharing his proven methods for business and personal success via audio and video programs, books, seminars, and conference speeches. With over 100 audio and 100 video programs written and recorded, he is Nightingale Conant's leading UK author. As you can see, this is a guy who knows more than a thing or two about creating information products. Peter Thompson, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much indeed. I'm delighted to be with you today, Clive. I really appreciate you asking me to be here and have this opportunity to share some what I would call tried and tested and proven ideas, particularly on how to write, create and market informational products. Sure, sure. And as we learned from the introduction, you've been doing it for quite some time now. So I'm looking forward to tapping into that today. By all means. As you know, one of the things that we like to do here on the podcast is to get a sense of who you are. Now, rather than share your CV or some long background story, 
what I like to do is to ask a random question, and then we get a bit of a sense of who you are that way. Sure. So, Peter, I've got a list of 24 questions here, all of which have been put together by my audience. You get to pick the question. Right. So, Peter, do me a favour. Pick a number between 1 and 24, and I'll give you a question. Six. 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 Okay. So, who inspires you most in your entrepreneurial journey, and why? Excellent. Well, uh, as you said, most, it'll only have to be one. So there's so many to choose from. But I would say more than anybody else, even though I actually never met him, was Earl Nightingale. And the reason was that it was the first audio program that I listened to because I received a piece of direct mail from Nightingale Kona, which said I could get hold of this program called Lead the Field with no payment, no risk whatsoever. I could listen to it, and if I liked it, I'd pay for it, and if I didn't like it, I could send it back. And I thought to myself, well, I would have to be so stupid not to take off that type of offer. And so this was, I was probably about two years into the five years of building my business compass leasing. I'd had other businesses and sold and moved on, but this was the major company that I built. And so I I listened to Earl Nightingale and I listened and I listened. I used to listen to it all the time. And because of Earl, I became an audio junkie. And because of becoming an audio junkie, I was able to build that business and sell it for lots of money. And because of that, I also got into the audio video training, teaching, mentoring, coaching, etc. business. So I suppose it all came down to that pivotal point in my life when uh, having received the piece of direct mail, I looked at it and thought, yeah, Earl Nightingale's the man for me. I wish I'd met him. Incredible. He's inspired so many different people, hasn't he? And that one information product that you got then, that you didn't even need to pay for if you didn't think it was worth it, that's been worth more than £4 million to you. Absolutely, because what happened after I sold the business as well, I went to Nightingale Kernan with a product I'd made, which is a great big program. It was 30 cassettes long. And it was called Action is the Key. We don't sell it these days. And Nightingale Kernan said, yeah, we love it. However, what we'd like you to do for us is would you revoice lead the field for the UK market so we can use it as our lead product with a British voice with my Brummie accent rather than an American voice. And so that was being like asked to rewrite the Bible. I mean, I was so proud. And so I said, yeah, of course I will. And so I revoiced lead the field and they used it as their main product. And that, you know, my career in informational products took off from there. And that lead the field, is that still available today? It is indeed, yes. From Nightingale County, you find Lead the Field. It is basically, Clive, the basis of all uh, personal development stuff. You know, if you go back to Norman Vincent Peale, if you go back to Little Green Book, Wallace, Wallace D. Wattles, you go to Bob Proctor stuff. You know, all of the basics that we think about as basic personal development comes from either Lead the Field, Wallace D. Wattles, Norman Vincent Peale, that type of stuff. It is the base of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. So what I'll do is I'll find the link to that wherever it is on the internet. I've not listened to that. And I'll go and find the link and I'll put it up on the show notes page. So anybody listening right now, if you want to listen to that too, then you'll be able to do so. My youngest son said to me, I've got four sons. And when I finally persuaded him or he persuaded himself to listen to it, eventually, um, he'd probably be about 22 or three. He said to me, he said, Dad, why isn't this taught in schools? Yeah, yeah. I think schools do an incredible job on teaching so many important skills. There are certain things, though, that schools don't cover. And I think a lot of that is to do with things like social and emotional intelligence. Also things like, what does it take to be successful? Fortunately, there are plenty of other places like these information products. We can go and get that. 
at least that's something. Yeah. Now, follow-up question. You never met Earl Nightingale, did you? No. If he had somehow heard about you, what would you have liked him to have said about you? Oh, well, that's a great, interesting question. I've never been asked that question before. Uh, I would like to have said that I am uh, outward-focused, that my philosophy of life or about money is that I believe that money is the silent applause for a job well done and value delivered to other people. And that when we focus on money, what happens is we get distracted because it's possible to make money in any direction, whether it's north, south, east or west, or any other point on the compass. Whereas if we're focused on delivering value in the particular way that we love to do that, then money comes as a result of it. It's always as a result and never as the, the reason why we do it. And it can be part of the reason, obviously, Clive, you know, we live in a commercial world and why not? But I would like to have said, you know, he's an honest guy. He's straightforward. He calls a spade a spade uh, and never ask him to be your coach because he can't be, but he would certainly be a mentor for you. <laughs> I love that. And yes, you really are a bit humble as well, aren't you? And I love that quote from you as well. Money is the silent applause for a job well done. And value delivered to others. And value delivered to others. Excellent. That's got to make the show notes page as a quote there, so I'll love that. Well, it's an original from me, so there you go. <laughs> okay, there we go. Peter Thompson said. Right, okay. Well, let's get straight into it then. We want to get to the bottom of this. Information products. We'll have a little bit of an overview first of all. So for those who are not familiar with information products, can you give us an overview as to what they're about? Certainly. Well, I think informational products can be used in a number of different ways. Firstly, we can obviously use them for lead generation. So this applies to any business whatsoever. These days, with the internet particularly, and still with direct mail and et cetera, what people want to know is they want to know, do we know? They want to know, are we good at what we do? Are we prepared to put ourselves out there and say, look, this is my knowledge, this is my experience, this is my expertise, and most importantly, Clive, this is my take on it. That's the thing that separates us from everybody else, our take on it. That's actually where the money is, is in our take in it, because there's lots of people with knowledge, experience, and expertise that's similar, but nobody else has got our take. So it's a really important part, even though it sounds so simple. So we can use informational products in as simple as creating small reports or videos or audios or whatever it is that we put out there to attract the clients, the customers, depending which we talk about. And I'd love to share the differential with you later that I was taught by somebody in America. We can do that. That's one way. Secondly, what we can do, we can take again what we know and we can convert it into a book or an audio or a video. And the way particularly I like to share my ideas is with subscription-based products. So, for example, rather than just selling somebody a book, I'd rather they join one of my online programs and I can meet with them um, vicariously, of course, uh, over a period of time and slowly but surely I can be helping them. Or they can be accessing a portal of information or we can be meeting on a regular basis, either on one-to-one or one-to-many. So all of the ways that we know of informational products go as broad as a seminar is an informational product or service. Uh, an online mentoring group is an informational product. What we're doing today is an informational product. It usually starts for most people in writing a book, and we can discuss today how to do that. I have a book called How to Write a Business Book in Five Days or Less, um, and it's more than doable in five days. In fact, I wrote that book in 80 minutes, um, so I'd happily share with you how you do these types of things. So that's the overview of what an informational product is, with this one caveat. The book isn't usually the thing that makes you the money. 
It's once you've created the book, it's a great business card. But it's the information that you put into the book that you subsequently leverage, to use the American pronunciation of it, into other informational products that can make you an absolute fortune and help you build for yourself a business and a life of choice. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I was thinking as you were talking, there's an important point that you made early on. Give them your take. Sometimes there's a temptation to think that what you know is what's out there anyway, and people can go and look that up. Now, here's the thing. Most of what I teach and mentor people in includes things I've learned from other people. I found my mentors, and I've learned from them, and then translated that into what I do. So the thing is that we have an information abundance out there. So yes, you only have to look it up. But what people really want is somebody to help them work their way through a transformation. Correct. Somebody to help them take that information and make it work for them. And that's what you're advocating here, yes? Totally. There's a lovely expression, and sometimes misunderstood, which is people are silently begging to be led. And and most people are, but not just the people that we help, but us too. As you said it earlier, you know, I think we're on a line. There's also going to be people behind us. There's always going to be people at the same point in life. And there'll always be people who are bigger and more successful than we are. And it doesn't matter where we are on the line. We can help these people. We can go hand in hand with the people we're together with. And we can push the people in front of us so we get dragged along in the slipstream. Uh, You know, we're all helping each other. And funny enough, it is true that most people are silently begging to be led. They really want help to implement what it is that we know. And with our informational products, Clive, once we convert what we know into the step-by-step process that somebody can implement, that's when it becomes valuable. As a concept, it's great. It's entertaining. It's, it's, you know, it's amusing at times. But once it's in the step-by-step system to get the outcome somebody wants, that's when your knowledge is valuable. Yes. And it's interesting that you're talking about the value that information products can provide. And I'm clearly signed up to that. Ultimately, people are looking for the answers to questions that an information product can provide. But I guess the pushback that I would hear, thinking about some of the people that I've worked with in the past, and even myself, when I first came into this, is that, okay, great. I get that this would be something I could potentially sell or leverage for sales down the road. But isn't this a lot of hard work? Um, no. <laughs> um, it's a load of fun. Um, here's, here's the expression. Another one of my expressions. In the beginning, you do a lot of stuff you don't get paid for. So in the future, you get paid for a lot of stuff you no longer have to do. That's what the beauty of the informational product market is. Is it hard work? Only if you believe that what you're doing is hard work. My mother used to say to me when she was alive years ago and I was running Compass Leasing, she used to say to me, Peter, I wish you wouldn't work so hard. And I said, Mom, I never go to work. I go to play. I go and play at doing what I love to do in my life, and people pay me. I mean, how does it get better than this? You know, if you consider that work, does it mean you have to concentrate? Yes. You have to invest time, effort, energy, learning. Yes. I still read and listen every day. While I was having my breakfast, I was listening to a podcast. When I'd finished my journal for the day, I've just been reading a book and making notes. These are the uh, 59 cards I've made on this particular book that I'm listening to. And I'm about, uh, in fact, I know what page I'm on. I'm on page 64. You know, you have to be a lifelong learner. And if you are, and I know you are and I am, and I know a lot of people listening to your podcast will be, I don't feel it's work. It's sharing my knowledge with people, helping them be successful. 
how, and get paid? How can that be called work? Yes, absolutely. I often think that nothing worthwhile comes without effort. There are plenty of things that we can spend our time on, but ultimately, it's about something that creates meaning. That takes effort, but it's worth it. That's a, that is a great distinction you've made there, and I shall use that again. Thank you for that distinction. Yes, it takes effort, but it depends whether you consider the effort hard work or not. But I love that. I shall use that in future. Thank you. I like that distinction. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, you alluded to this a moment ago about where it fits. So if you think about information products, we could just go out and maybe even create a business on a single information product. I don't know. But where does an information product fit within your overall marketing strategy? Great. Okay. Well, again, firstly, the easy one, of course, is to make a lead magnet, as it's called, or a golden carrot, or some piece of information that attracts the type of customer or client that you are looking for. And the way that we do that, and shall I dive into how to actually make that? Shall I explain it? Yes, let's do that. Yes. The, the first thing that's the most important thing on that is the title, because everybody will judge that by the title. You attract the people that you want to download that, if it's a download or in the post, if it's a physical one, or if it's a webinar or whatever it might be, that first one, the title is critical. And there's three factors you can use in the title. Number one is the people it's aimed at, or more specifically, the person it's aimed at. Um, because obviously you want to make it clear. Secondly, the problem that they're experiencing. And thirdly, the fact or the implication that there will be a solution. So it's people, problem, possible solution, just three stages. Let me give an example. I have a, a free report I've used for years and years and years, probably 15 years. I've made a fortune with it, with the number of clients that it's attracted. And it's called this, the seven big mistakes that business owners unwittingly make costing them a fortune in lost turnover, lost profits, and what's even worse, lost personal cash, and how to avoid them. I mean, it's a massive big title. It's huge. That's what it says on the tin. And it says it's for business owners who realize they are probably making some of these mistakes and they'd like to solve them. People, problem, possible solution. And that's seven big mistakes report. As I sent that to Brian Tracy's list once. And we got something like 1,500 people downloaded. I couldn't cope with the response. It's just amazing. So if you're going to create an informational product, a free one, as a report to somebody, here's a little tip. If it's to a market that doesn't know you, you use an away-motivated title because it's likely to pull more response than a towards-motivated title. So if I'd called this report the seven secrets to business owners making more money, Yes, it would work, right? But the seven mistakes that business owners unwittingly make, and you see that little word there, unwittingly, and just softens that. It doesn't point the finger. It's not accusatory. It's, look, you make them, I make them, everybody makes them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if this resonates with you, you're going to enjoy this. That's what it's doing. It's basically what's called parallel logic. If then, you know, if this describes you, then this is for you. If you like this, then you'll like that. You know, it's this type of thing. Classic parallel logic. So having once got the title, people, problem, possible solution, then to write it is very simple. You can use this formula for each of the seven mistakes. Let's say you can do seven mistakes. I'll give you the formula first, and I'll explain it very briefly. Perspective. It's six Ps, by the way. So it's perspective, problem. Yeah, um, 
I've got so many versions of this that I'm running in my mind where this where this where this goes. So I don't <laughs> not necessarily with the piece. So it's the perspective, then it's the problem, then it's the pain that that, that problem creates, then it's the possible solution, then it's the pleasure that that solution brings you, and then it's a plan of action. You know, the six came back to me. Um, so there we go. So if you just give somebody perspective first, you know, let's talk about business, for example, or if I was talking about time management. As you and I know, there's no such thing as time management. There's only 24 hours a day. We've got to deal with it. Yeah. That sort of thing, perspective. Then talk about the problem, what that problem is. Then describe the pain it creates. So, for example, if somebody wasn't doing enough lead generation, if that was a problem you're talking about, you would say, you know, there's a lack of leads, which means you're going to have a lack of conversions, not going to make as much money, not be able to help as many people, et cetera. Then you give them the solutions and say, well, look, this is how you do your lead generation. And then you tell them the benefits that brings. And then you give them a very clear plan of action. Back to what I said earlier, your knowledge becomes valuable when you divide it into the step-by-step process to enable your client to get the outcome they're looking for. And you could use that little process on each of the seven mistakes, or you could use it just for the whole report. Yeah? You could talk about the whole perspective of the industry, the basic problems of the industry and the challenges they bring, and then the solutions to those, and then the pleasure that that brings, and then what you need to do in order to get it. It's a simple process, isn't it? Very simple process. Yes, I love that. And there are so many good things going on there. And what I want to do, though, before we start breaking that down, I want to come back to something you said right at the start there. If it's an unknown audience, you said, Focus on a why. Now, conversely, if you're putting something on to an audience who already knows you and you have some kind of rapport with, is it then better to go for something that's a toward motivator, meaning how to get more money or whatever? Good question. Very good question. Very good question. Insightful stuff. Is I've found that for a non-known audience, people who don't know you, and that's whether it's me or my clients, and they've tested it as well, we always find, and I do mean always find, that the way motivated type will outpull it towards one with a non-known audience. With an audience that's known, both work well. Both work well. I've never had a real differential. I personally, because of the way that I communicate, I prefer to talk about the problem first before I talk about the solution. On this basis, away motivation is the catalyst for action, whereas towards motivation is the continuation of action. If you want to get someone into action, let's let's take it back. You'll remember the Alan Peace book, won't you? Why Men Don't Listen and Women Can't Read Maps. Yeah. Great title, phenomenal title. I, I know Alan and his wife, Barbara, very well. I've spoken to him for a long time, but I knew them very well indeed. And Alan always talked about way back when we were living in caves. Think about it this way. If it was back then and you and I were strolling across the plain, Clive, and we saw a tiger, we are going to take instant action. We're going to go, oh, heavens above or something like that. We run away quickly. That's away motivation, away from the problem. But if we saw in the distance a nice uh, apple tree with some nice ruby, rich, red, ripe apples, and you and I said to each other, oh, fancy an apple. Well, we wouldn't be going, I've got to do it now. We'd have an amble over there to get them, wouldn't we? Yes. But if you're way motivation, it's instant action. There's, there's no hanging about here. Right? So way motivation is very powerful, but it's only powerful as the catalyst. Because once somebody gets into action, the away motivation disappears because they're moving away from the problem. So its effect diminishes. That's why it's a really powerful thing. It's powerful in, in leadership to get people to move, but it won't keep people moving. 
That's why people join the gym in January and leave in February. They're a little bit fitter, a little bit slimmer, a little bit more energy. Uh, and suddenly all that reason that they joined has disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really good point there. The whole thing we're trying to do here is create action. Mm. I was just thinking about the process that you're talking us through, including the title. So if we break this down, you've got your title and then your six Ps. Perspective, problem, pain, possible solution, pleasure, and plan. And what you're trying to do here with the title is to grab their attention. Correct. You do that to get them to listen up. And then perspective. I suspect that your goal here is to get people to identify and that actually this is something that's going on in their life. That's right. But of course, they don't get that perspective bit till I actually got the report. It's the report itself is promoted totally on the title and the curiosity of the content. Right? The, the curiosity is one of the main reasons that people will buy informational products. It's the main reason that people go to other things and, and watch films and all sorts of things. And it's in the industry, it's called SALT. Um, and it comes from this expression. There's a great audio program called Mentored by a Millionaire by Stephen K. Scott, who was an expert in the state, multimillionaire, um, in, information, uh, in um, infomercials. And he used to sell fitness kits. He used to use Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley to sell it. And he has this great expression. He says, most people say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. He said, I can every single time. I just have to put enough salt in the oats. And if I put enough salt in the oats, the horse will always drink, right? <laughs> and salt is curiosity. When you're promoting your free report, you've got to create curiosity. So within this free report, The Seven Big Mistakes, I'm going to share with you the three-letter word that is the most powerful word when it comes to marketing ever. Now, that was curiosity because your mind is going, what is it? <laughs> yeah, that's curiosity. And I'm going to show you the five-step process in order to open the door of any company you want to talk to. I mean, I'm making these up. That first one I wasn't, by the way, but that second one, I'm just making these up. But when you create this curiosity, yeah, uh, and you give things unusual names. I'm going to show you the magic matrix and how it can add at least 10,000 a year, worst case, to any business, anywhere, anytime. Now, you, now you're thinking, what's the magic matrix? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so strong. And that's a really top tip. When you're promoting your information product, which we'll get into more detail here shortly, when you're promoting that, you don't want to spend too much time talking about the problem you want to focus more, as you say, on creating curiosity, and then you get into the problem later on. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the title, the problem, is what attracts people, and then, the, then that's like the headline. Sorry, I should have said the perspective. Yes, yeah. And the, yes, in the, when you're actually writing, the writing's very simple because you're only going to write about stuff you know about, right? And you write really good stuff. You share your good stuff. There's a lovely book called um, Sales Letters That Sizzle by Herschel Gordon-Lewis. And he's got a great expression there. And he says this, he says, fire your big guns first. Right? And so this is what you do when you're sharing your information, free information. You fire your big guns. You use your good stuff. You don't use your second-rate stuff because people will think you're second-rate. Right? You've got to share your good stuff with people. I mean, what am I sharing with you today? Some of the stuff my clients pay me serious money to learn over a long-term basis. Yeah, absolutely. And then the natural thinking is, if he's giving this stuff away for free, how much more stuff can he teach me? 
Exactly right. Exactly right. That's right. And some people, people have a sort of lack mentality about it. Um, and the way I've described it with people, and these days with health and safety, hotels get a bit upset with you doing it, but not to worry. And I get two candles, and I light my candle, and I give somebody else a candle. And then I light their candle. And I say to them, look, when I lit your candle, did mine go out? And they say, no. I say, that's like sharing my information. When I share my knowledge with you, I haven't lost it. We've both got it now. But if you share it with somebody else, now there's three of us have got it. And with a bit enough effort, we can light the world. You know, don't have a lack mentality about this. Have an abundance mentality about it. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Going back to what you were saying earlier about creating action. Now, we can use this to get people to go and purchase an upgrade or a premium product after they've consumed our free information products. And we also want to use it to get our audience to take action and create positive change in their lives. And I was thinking about this structure that you've got. Your title grabs their attention. Perspective gets people to identify where they're at, so they stick with it through the rest of the information product. And then you get the problem and the pain in which this becomes the emotional element. We know that people make decisions and take action based on emotion. So it's really good that you're doing this early on before you're presenting the solution because we want people to be investing in this. Absolutely right. You could use this same process to write a web page, to write a piece of direct mail, an email. You could use it for a training course, a coaching course, absolutely anything. Yes. And after you've created that first emotional element, then you present the solution, which is the logic element of the piece, and then on present, you return to the emotion again. So that's really smart. Yeah, it's, it's a simple system. It, it really is. You could write any. You could write a book using it. Yeah, no, no, that's how you write a, a freebie. A, you know, a, a lead magnet, golden carrot type thing. When you come to write the book uh, and create various other information products, one question you have to ask first, which is why. Why do I want to write a book? Do I want to be famous? Do I want to make money? Is it a lead generator? Is it What's, what's the reasoning behind this? Because if you can get that why working for you, as you said, Clive, if you can get that emotion on your side and you know why you want to do it and why you will, what will stop you doing it, then you'll get it done. If you're just doing it for the hell of it, you're probably going to get, like so many people, get three chapters written and it's been on the shelf for the last 10 years, um, you know, to get it done. And there's a very simple process to write a book. Shall I go through it? Yeah, yeah, sure. I was taught by Dan Sullivan, who I interviewed, and I heard him on a podcast with Joe Polish, and I talked to Dan about this. But these days, if you want high readership of your information as a book, then you probably want to be in the 60 to 80 pages. Right? You don't want to be in the 200-odd pages stuff. So 60 to 80 pages. So if you've been struggling to get a book done, do a 60 to 80-page book. And this is about 12,000-ish words. Which is, you know, if you can type 2,000 words a day, there's six days. You know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult stuff as long as you focus. And the way that you do this is this. Number one, you work out why you want it. But once you're clear with your why, you decide on a working title. So that working title then starts to tell you what this is about. It, it puts it into your mind. Then you decide on your audience, who you're going to be talking to, And what's the big promise that you're going to make? And the next thing you do is you write the order form. You write the order form for the book. Before you do anything else, you write the order form for the book. 
So now you've got a good idea of what the title is, you've got a good idea who you're talking to, and you've got a good idea of what you're promising they're going to get out of reading your book. Now you're perfectly positioned now. You've got the bricks at the bottom of your pyramid of success. Now you've got to write it. Ever so simple. Firstly, we're going to decide on the real content ideas. We're just going to get into, into mind, and we're going to write a question to ourselves. So we're going to ask this question, which is, what could be the possible chapters? Right? And we put the word possible in there. Now, I've taught that by Andy Gilbert. Thank you, Andy. What could be the possible chapters? And we write down seven, eight, ten, that sort of level. Yeah? We're not editing at this stage. We're only creating. Then once we've got the chapters, we have a look through them and say, right, how many am I really going to use of these? Yeah, And maybe we decide on 10. So then we take each chapter and on the first page. We go, what do I possibly want to include in this chapter? And we write these as tips. So a tip is basically one sentence beginning with a verb. That's all it is. It's a one sentence beginning with a verb. So remember to do this. Use this idea. Watch out for this. Calculate, uh, write down. So every tip starts with a verb. And you go for about seven, eight, nine, ten tips per chapter. So if you do all ten chapters, well, let's say you've got seven chapters with seven tips. So in ballpark, you've got 50 tips. So then what you do is you take each tip and you expand it by writing a bit more about it to flesh it out properly so people understand. Now, some of those tips will be half a page. Some will be two pages. Some will need a diagram and a page. Some will need three quotes and a page. Some will need something else and a spreadsheet. Who knows what it needs, right? And by the time you've done it, you'll have about 12,000 words and 60 to 80 pages. Wow. That's good, isn't it? That, no, that's damn good. That's <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, let me, let me show you a second. No, no, so this, you can see I'm holding my hand, is my book that I mentioned to you, How to Write Your Business Book in Five Days or Less, right? And it is, it's 65 pages. Yeah. Right? Now, this is 65 pages. It's full of cartoons. I copied this idea from Dan Sullivan himself, you know. It's got lots of cartoons and bits of stuff in it. It's nice and easy read. You can read it in less than an hour. You can implement it. And therefore, you could have a book like this in five days or less. Now, this book took me 80 minutes. Right? And the reason it took me 80 minutes was I used the other way of writing books quickly which is I didn't write it, I voiced it. So I did a webinar on how to write a business book in five days or less, recorded it, had it transcribed, did a bit of editing, got my PA to do some editing, sent it off to someone to lay it out and off to the printer. My bit was 40 years learning how to do it and 80 minutes speaking. (laughs) I love that. Either took you 40 years or 80 minutes. I love it. Yes, 80 minutes and 40 years. Just remember this. You don't get paid for what you do. You get paid for what you've done. Yeah. That's how you make money. You get paid for what you've done. People don't pay you a fortune to stand and speak. You know, people don't (laughs) – you get paid for what you've done in life. Yeah, yeah. And I often think that if you've got two people who start a business and you had to choose which one was going to be the one who was going to be more successful, then I'd probably go by the person who could get things out quickly. Mm. It wouldn't necessarily be the person with the greatest idea or the person who was smartest or cleverest or no. most creative. It'd be the person who could get things to market quickly. So my first audio program was called Action is the Key. All right. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. And there's a lovely expression. I didn't come up with it. Duncan Bannatyne did. 
Uh, and uh, I was actually talking to him one day. We were speaking at the same event. And he, he made this expression. He said, all successful people started where they were, which is supposed to be amusing, really, because most people are waiting to be somewhere else before they start. That's so true. Instead of starting now from where you are, this moment, you, you don't need money to write a book, right? You, you don't need a computer to write a book. A bit of paper will do and a pen, you know? I mean, we're talking 60 to 80 pages. I mean, for heaven's sake, how long is it going to take? You know, <laughs> get on with it, you know? Now, hopefully by now, people are feeling really inspired because what you've done there is you've given them a framework, yeah. a framework in which you can create a lead magnet or even an mm. entire book. I love that. One thing that people might be struggling with right now is, okay, what do I talk about? So how do you go about generating ideas and where do you get those ideas from? Sure. Okay, that's great. The first thing, obviously, you, if you've got a passion for a subject, you shouldn't really have too much problem coming up with ideas because it's something you read about, it's something you live, you breathe, you chat to people about it. You know, it's, it's part of who you are. Uh, another one of my expressions, you gather I love expressions, Clive, is is that people will never consistently do who they aren't. Oh, yes, I like so that. Just a little bit. Well, you understand it totally. I know you do. But it's the truth of it, isn't it? Is people never consistently do who they are. So who somebody is, is their beliefs, their values, their identity, their why, their reason for doing what they do. And if you do stuff that's in alignment with that, then life gets easy. Because the flip of the expression is also true. People will consistently do who they are. Right. So firstly, you, you, it's got to be in alignment with who you are, number one. Number two, I found the best way of coming up with ideas is to write myself a focus question. And I learned this from Earl Nightingale. And there is a little method called the Earl Nightingale method, which is as simple as this, is you write a focus question. And that a focus question isn't how do I get rich? I mean, it's just not got enough detail, right? So a good focus question, lots of detail in there, and always put the question mark at the end. Because somebody else I heard say, I wish I'd said this, he said, the question mark is the enter key on your neck top computer. Oh. Um, isn't that gorgeous? Isn't that gorgeous, right? And so when you put the question mark there, you're saying to your brain, to your mind, to your being, find the answers for me. So what Earl said was, you get your biggest challenge, your biggest problem, you write a focus question about solving it, you put a question mark on the end, and you force yourself to write down 20 ideas. Now, you don't edit the ideas at the time. You can put down, you know, uh, I want to increase my turnover by 72% in the next nine months, right? How do the hell do I do this? Question mark, right? And I might write down, eat more spaghetti, right? Because the answers aren't relevant to this type. All you've got to do is get to 20, right? Now, obviously, you probably wouldn't use spaghetti, but you just empty your mind. And then here's the strength of it. The next day, you ask the same question and you write 20 more answers. And then third day, three days running, you do it again. And now you've got 60 answers. Will some of them be the same and similar? Yes, of course they will. But within those 60 will be the most amazing creative ideas. Number one, right? Number two, I know, forget the 20 bit for the moment. By asking the right questions, I'm going to get the right answers. Tony Robbins says, um, the quality of your life is based on the quality of the questions you ask yourself. I'd add a bit, forgive me, Tony, but I'd add a bit. And that you've got the balls to answer honestly. Right? So if you ask good questions of yourself and then you answer honestly and then take action, nobody can stop you. I mean, this is what this is all about. So good focus questions. Another idea. I learned this from Edward de Bono. 
reverse the problem. I've used this so powerfully in many ways. When I was running Compass Leasing, I gathered the director team together and I said to them, right, I want you to answer this question for me. How can we get our sales team to sell less? Right? And they went, what? You're crazy. I said, no, no, no. I want you to come up with all the ideas to get the sales team to sell less. So everybody is having a real laugh and writing it down. And once we got all the answers, what did we do? We turned them upside down because that was the way to get the sales team to sell more. (laughs) Sometimes that different reference point is just what we need to free our minds up so that we stop judging what we're thinking, saying, or or even writing, and just get some ideas down. Yeah, Clive, you're 100% right. Just get some ideas down. You know, I'm, I'm told, this may be apocryphal, I don't know if it's true, I believe it might be true, is that Edward de Bono was doing some work for an American police force, and they were asking him to help with solving the crime wave they had. And he said, well, look, what we'll do is this, we'll, um, let's make all the policemen crooks and they said, no, we've got that already. Oh, Joe. Right. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> um, he said, let's make all the people policemen or police people. Right. And, and that was the start of neighborhood watch in the world because making all the people policemen. Yeah. So, you know, just by reversing the idea, sometimes you come up with other stuff. Right. And it is just been looking around for things that are happening. It's being having this awareness. So that when you walk into a shop and you hear what somebody says to you and you go, oh, I could use that somewhere else. Right. You know, you walk in a shop and the person, instead of saying, I can help you, you know, they say, oh, tell me which advert brought you in today. You go, oh, let me stop and write that down. Right. Okay. I like that one. This is the world is full of learning opportunities if we have our minds open for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. But unfortunately, most people just fail to pay attention. This is something we've all got to do better, myself included, is that we've just got to start noticing these opportunities and taking advantage. Uh, listen, this has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's so much you've shared today. People are going to want to connect with you. And also, you've got this book, How to Write a Book in Five Days. Is that right? How to Write Your Business Book in Five Days or Less, right? And on the back, it says, value, priceless, cost, just a tenner. <laughs> however i'm giving it away i'm giving it away so people on your podcast if they want to go to my website which is peterthompson.com there's a p in my peter but there's no p in my thompson so it's t-h-o-m-s-o-n just like thompson yellow pages or thompson holidays that sort of thing so peterthompson.com they'll find there they can actually get a free copy of this either as a download or for compensate me as well we can put it in the post compensate me was figuratively speaking by the way um, but they can have it for free uh, and then they get on. And the other things that I've managed to do with this is the process I shared with you about writing a book. I had a piece of software made. Right? So I, when, when people, if they ever do join in my various things, they can actually access an online piece of software where they answer the questions I pose and they write their answers into the software, press one button, it downloads the book to their desktop. Done. Easy, easy. <laughs> Okay, so how do people get hold of that? They go to peterthompson.com. Yeah, and it's there at the top of the page. Great. And if somebody wants to connect with you on social media, how do they do that? Yeah, all over the place. (laughs) All right, so what I'll do then is I'll put all of the links to your social media, to your books, to everything that we talked about today. I'll put that on our show notes page, which you can go to at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 58, and you get all the links there. Hopefully for everyone listening right now, you've got some really great ideas about what you can do. But what I tend to find is that where people get stuck is usually in the execution. 
So, Peter, have you got any advice for actually getting things done? I have. Well, it's a great follow-up question. I like it. Thank you. Let's take our minds back to the whole idea of a way in towards motivation and why is it that people do anything. There's three reasons people do things. One is a reflex drive. So that's when we eat something that upsets us, it makes us sick, uh, or we see a tree falling and we jump all back. It's a natural thing. It's part of being a human being. So we've got reflex. The other two, as you know full well, are away and towards motivated. So if we write down those things that we don't want to have, that having our book will stop us having this bad stuff, then we've started the motivation. And if we write down to go with it all the reasons why we do want to do it and all the good things that will come about, then we're motivated to keep going. This is the basis of life. Know what you don't want, take action to move. Know what you do want, keep taking action until you get there. This is the power of a way and towards motivation. But writing it down, seeing it there, takes us back to what you mentioned earlier, which is the emotional side of things. Both of those are emotional. Um, because that's how we take action. So what do they say, Clive, with a big enough why, the what and how appear? Yeah. So this is what you're building. You're building the why you want to do this. Because anybody can write a book, but the only people who will are the ones who determine they're going to do that. And that demonstrates their success in life and ability to do everything. Sure, sure. Okay, my final question to you today, Peter, is that we're all inspired so what's the first thing we can do? What's the first step to get going? Give me just one action we can do so we can start with this. Right, okay. Write a title for your book. Add to it what the promise is. The title needn't be right. It's the working title, right? What out the, write out the promise for it and then write the order form. Because surely you can do that in the next half an hour. The, the title of the book can be anything you like, you know, and then the, the, what the promise is, what someone's going to learn out of it, and then do yourself a quick one-pager on what, what the order form looks like and all the rest of it and put the price on it. And then suddenly it's real. Love it, love it. Yeah, you've just got to fill in the gap there. So start with a promise and then fill in the gap between that and the order form. Love it. Okay, so that's been really phenomenal today. It's been a real masterclass on creating information products. Just want to thank you for everything you shared today. Thanks, guys. For those of you listening right now, remember that if today is going to be useful, the clue is in the word. You've got to put it to use. Hopefully, it's been interesting, but I want this to be useful for you. So take action on this today. Start with your working title, as Peter said there. Write down your promise and then create your order form. You are good to go. And a little reminder, we do have a cheat sheet that goes with today's episode. In that free download is the process that Peter talked about. And I've also made a list of the different types of information products that you might use in your business and the pros and cons for each. So if there's still a part of you that's wondering which is the right information product for me, then do make sure that you grab that download. And as always, you'll find it on my show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 58. If you've loved this episode as much as I have, then do me a favor and leave me a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found this. A five-star review would be awesome, but whatever you think. And if you want to continue the conversation, then do join me on my Facebook group called the Get Real About Business Podcast Community. Link is in the show notes. And final thing is to share from me just to let you know that I have started a five-day Get More Clients Challenge. So if you've been listening to this episode thinking this might be an opportunity for me to go and get some more clients, 
If that has been a major reason for you listening to this episode, you're looking to get more clients, then this challenge might be for you. It's absolutely free. Again, the link is going to be on the show notes page for you. I created this with one idea in mind. How could I create something that is going to be so valuable, so useful to help you get more clients in your business that it just seems crazy that I'm not charging money for it? And that's what I've done. It's a five-day challenge. Day one is the psychology of selling. Days two and day three are all about lead generation and how to prospect for clients. And days four and day five is handling that all-important sales conversation. So if you want to take part in that, do come and join us. The link for that is on the show notes page, or you can go direct to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash challenge, and you can sign up for free. With that said and done, we are all out of time today. I want to wish you every success in putting what you've learned today into action. And we will see you next time for more tips and tricks for you to grow your business. Until then, take care. Here's to you and your highly successful business.